it's stage eight of the Giro d'Italia. Let's cue that intro. The big question is this. How do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness, and our longevity? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh, and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Roadman, welcome back to another Roadman Cycling Podcast. This is another one of those podcasts where I'm coming to you on location. I am in Girona, Catalonia at the moment, doing a little bit of cycling and doing a little bit of work. And this is falling into the work slash cycling category, as most of my life does. Difficult to put into one firm basket. We're going to call it road slash cycling. Today, we had stage eight of the Giro d'Italia. We started out in Foggia this morning, and it was a stage that sort of breakaway, being really, really difficult to establish. And I want to talk to you about today's stage, the tactics that went on, how it finished up. But before I jump into all that, just let me remind you, as always, about Patreon. About patreon.com forward slash Anthony underscore Walsh, because that's how we fund the podcast. That's how we keep the show on the road. That's how we're able to bring it to you day after day, up the production quality, some amazing guests already lined up for post-Giro d'Italia and the big commitment obviously getting it daily during the Giro. So if you want to buy me a beer, which I will be happy to consume over here in Girona, head on over to Patreon and you can buy me a beer over there. The link is in the bio. So Roadman, yesterday, apologies, I didn't get a Giro Daily podcast. I had flagged that the day before that I was on a travel day to Girona. And with all the COVID restrictions, travel's a little bit of a nightmare, as you can imagine this morning. Normally, you would fly Dublin into Girona, but I had to go Dublin into Amsterdam, into Barcelona, and then do a bit of a transplant and automobiles to get from Barcelona down to Girona. So it took the better part of 12 hours door-to-door to get here, but delighted to be here. Got out today for a short-ish ride, three hours on the Hincapi Loop, which is one of my favourite loops, loops in cycling. It's about a three-hour route named after George Hincapi, so really delighted to get that in this morning. And then obviously back for the Giro, and then get this out to you guys. Uh, so today the big news pre-stage was Caleb Ewan abandoned the Giro d'Italia after winning yesterday two stage wins in the bag and he's packed it in for this year's uh, Giro not really much surprise there I had mentioned earlier in the podcast that we could see Caleb abandon and preparing for the tour we're heading into a very difficult two weeks in the Giro and I just don't see you know Caleb's gonna have to go through a lot of hardship to potentially get a stage win and he's already had two so you don't blame him packing it in the break was really hard to get away this morning and if you think about how a break is formed and if you haven't raced you probably won't understand how these breaks go because it's not like a sunday race where it's just you know stronger survives and then they get away it's very tactical about who goes in the break and the politics of you know you don't let somebody in the break that's up on gc you don't let somebody in the break if there's mountain points available who's threatening a mountains classification lead and the same with sprint classifications but then you might have little tactical like political stuff as well maybe a dutch lad doesn't want to let some dude he hates in the break so that plays out a little bit but a lot of time how you'll see the break going is on narrow roads when one team gets to the front people are happy with the composition the break goes clear there's all there's obviously going to be more lads that want to get into the break but when the road's narrow a team can fan out or a couple of teams can fan out and they can call it's called closing the road you can close the road 
pack the bunch so the bunch is condensed it's difficult to maneuver around the closed road so maybe somebody is motivated to go on the brake but they're sitting back in 20 or 30 at wheel by the time they get to the front because you've typically slowed down as you close the road the brake is gone and it's out a couple of minutes so it's not worth the effort so that closing the road thing obviously only works on roads that are quite narrow because you can't close a four-way dual carriageway and today that's what happened a little bit so we had this cocktail of the race was quite nervous we had crosswinds, we had rolling roads, and we had wide roads, which were very hard to close the roads on. So the crosswinds kept the pace up and up and up because the GC guys didn't want to be caught in a split back the road because then rivals would stay pressed on the gas all day and were coming to a key stage tomorrow. So this meant the pace was frantic from the off and it was difficult. And eventually it did get a big break clear, a break around 15 with some noticeable uh, notable names in it victor carpenter our error record holder nelson Oliveira, guert uh, we had gaviria in there and we had victor lafay gavazzi nicholas arndt they were all in there so there was a lot of firepower on it uh, the gaviria crash he milled himself on the descent and we don't often see crashes out of break like that you normally associate them with crowded bunch tense into the final but nasty enough one and if anyone that knows what they were looking for the kelly knew in commentary i was watching on uh, british eurosport and kelly knew uh gaviria wouldn't be noted for his climb and he had the crash and he waited to go back to the doctor's car until a climb on the hardest part of the climb and he went back and he was definitely saying to the doctor don't you worry fam you take your time cleaning up those cuts i will happily hold on to this car all the way up the climb the break today it was once it went it was always going to stay to the finish because the closest gc guy on the break was at 15 minutes obviously francis de Jure had a they really did not want to lose gc today like we have uh, atelier valta not a household name from francis de Jure leading the GC and he felt he could hold on to the jersey he was talking all his pre-race interviews about how he felt he could hold on to the jersey and Francis De Jure manned up like for Pino they haven't been doing had to do much riding because Pino shit and he abandons or he starts crying every year in the Grand Tour so we haven't had much Grand Tour riding on the front of the bunch to do I flagged that I think David Godot is a better GC rider for them but you know this kid is stepping up, uh, Valtier is stepping up, and he's you know he's wearing the Maglia Rosa, and he's wearing it well at the moment. Uh, so coming into the kind of final, we had two races playing out. We had the one as we normally do in the breakaway, and we had the one for the GC guys in the bunch. Now the one for the breakaway, they knew they had the stage, so there wasn't having to commit all the way until the finish to stay clear of the break. They knew to start to stay clear of the bunch. They knew the stage is theirs. So what you have is this internal dynamic playing out in the break where it's trying to guess on it's almost like playing a game of cards it's you're trying to figure out each other's relative strengths and weaknesses you don't have to be the best climber in the world or the bunch but are you the best climber in the breakaway are you the best four minute effort in the breakaway do you have to go on a downhill can't one guy maybe you can go on the downhill but he can't corner too well so all this stuff is kind of playing out and they're sussing each other out and victor carpenarts was world arrow record holder wanted to get clear he didn't fancy himself on the final climb so he wanted to get clear he tried again and again and again and he finally forged clear with carbone uh, from bardiani and carbonarts and the two of them combined quite well and then carbone dropped carbonarts with about three kilometers to go and it looked like bardiani were nailed on 
for a victory that would have been a famous one for the Italian team. But Victor Lefay, 25-year-old Cofidis rider, sprung from the early break and he had diamonds in his legs. He was super strong, rode past, Carbonates, past Carbone and took a famous stage victory for Cofidis. It's 11 years since Cofidis have had a win in the Giro d'Italia. They don't come that frequently, but they're the longest standing team in the peloton. So it was super to see them getting the win. Back the road, we have the second race. And, you know, for me, the more exciting one, I love the GC guys. And Israel Startup Nation, they kind of kicked it off at about 10k to go. Dan Martin pushing for that podium place. He's obviously feeling good. Then we had EF taking it up. Roberto Bettiol, who came in as co-team leader, the Tour of Flanders winner, taking it up for Hugh Carty on the front. Then Ineos came over the top of Martinez and Moscone for Bernal. But honestly, it was shots Oh, guns were loaded but no shots were fired it was a little bit boring in the end to finish from the GC guys nothing too massive happened they sort of stood each other down most of the domestics were dropped the big GC guys were left and they stood each other down they stared each other in the face like they were at a boxing weigh in and they said you know what we're going to lock it up till tomorrow because tomorrow it's an important GC day tomorrow there will be gaps so all the focus is going to be on that now and also Remco Evanpol. Remco's in, a lot of the media attention has been on Remco this week. The cameras love him. Social media loves him. He's, you know, the great hope of Belgium. He's on the front of the Belgian press today. Maybe the first Belgian since Eddie Merckx to take pink in this year of Italia. Remco's in completely uncharted territory at the moment. He's never raced more than seven days. So how will he respond? I don't know. I don't know. Any of the answer to that, I'd be down to Paddy Power sticking on a lot of money. But tomorrow is definitely going to give us a clue as to how Remco fares up. And you hear a lot of guys who've raced Grand Tours talking about you just need to get into the first rest day with a Grand Tour. And then you sort of the rest of it flies by. So the rest day is the day after tomorrow. So let's see how he does tomorrow and gets into the rest day. Uh, so today we had that famous victory from Victor Lefay, 11 years, as I said, since Covetous' last win. A great one for the 25-year-old. And the podium, he looks about 11 as well, so I can't believe how young he looks. But Gavazzi was second and Nicholas Arndt was third. That leaves us with a GC. That is unchanged. Atelier Valte from FDJ is still leading the race with a cumulative time of 31 hours already ridden. You'll know if you're riding 10, 15 hours in a week how long 31 hours is so he's 11 seconds clear of the great hope for belgium remco evan paul bernal 16 seconds vlasov 24 seconds and hugh carty in fifth at 38 seconds i've been saying as the days went on this gc would be something to actually reflective of what we're going to see in rome two weeks from now it's getting there valtier i don't think it's going to stay there for much longer there'd be a shuffling around god knows who goes where but hugh carty vlasov Bernal, Evan Paul, wouldn't bet against four of those guys being in the top five. Tomorrow is a stage you do not want to miss. We are starting off in Castel de Sangro and we're finishing up Campo Feliz. And that is 158 kilometers. And the final of it is the difficult ascent up to the ski station at Campo Feliz. Bunch of categorized climbs. It's actually the same cumulative climbing as today, but it's all just packed into the last half of the stage. Campo Felice is a difficult climb and we're going to see splits on GC. Remco, Bernal, Vlasov, Hugh Carty, Dan Martin. They loaded the guns today. Tomorrow we fired them. Roadman, thanks for listening to, I suppose, what you would call a Roadman special podcast from Girona. I'm out here. I've only booked a one-way flight, actually, but 
that in no means means I'm moving here. I'm going to stay for a week, maybe a little bit more. So I will keep you posted day on day as we go. Roadman, thanks for listening. I'll chat to you again tomorrow. Hey everybody, it's Anthony again. Really quick, I want to invite you to join arguably the best thing I've ever put out inside the Roadman community. It's a challenge. It's a challenge called the 14-day Kickstart Challenge. So regardless of where your fitness is at right now, this is going to be the catalyst for making you faster and making you leaner. I've created this challenge to take the guesswork out of everything. It's 14 days of training plans, regardless of what your level is. There's masters, beginner, advanced. There's meal plans, shopping list, and even a video course holding your hand and talking you through it all. So what I recommend you do right now is just stop everything, press pause on this audio, and go to roadmancycling.com forward slash 14 day, or check out the link in the bio. That's roadmancycling.com slash 14 day.